You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. And welcome back to the morning. It's uh, 6.33 as we get this uh, morning edition of The Real Investment Show underway. Um, Sun's, you know, coming up. People are driving back to work world's getting back to normal and uh that means that you know we may have to actually start seeing a bit of change to you know monetary policy potentially as things start to return to a bit of normalcy in in the world and and this is something we're talking about with michael Leibowitz this morning this morning um we're going to get the latest inflationary print now this number is going to be huge um and the reason is is because this time last year we had a lot of deflationary pressures in the economy because of the economic shutdown. So we're going to see a very, very sharp increase in CPI. So you're going to hear a lot. You're going to see lots of articles out today. You're going to hear lots of headlines, people fretting over the 1970 inflation is back and you know, the world's about to end. Just be careful with that because there's a lot of things that suggest that this will likely be the peak of the inflationary numbers as we start getting into stronger inflationary numbers as the economy and the world started recovering in the third quarter of last year. So we're going to start to see some of this. But this is, uh, but Michael Leibowitz is joining me this morning to talk a little bit about the Fed because, look, the, the Fed has a, a very delicate tightrope that they walk here with zero interest rates. They can't lower interest rates any further. And they've been doing $120 billion a month in this quantitative easing support for markets and you know there there is a point to where you've got to start potentially reducing that support otherwise you're going to start impacting you know financial markets and the credit markets etc there's you know so so they do have some limitations as to how much qe they can do and it's also a function of how much treasury debt's being issued and that's becoming a bit more challenging here as the amount of debt being issued by the treasury has been slowing down here as we've gotten past all of these massive stimulus bills so you know do you know, and then of course we also look at the housing market which has you know surged to an all-time you know price record here on housing prices around the country and so is the Fed potentially in a position where they're going to have to almost kind of get forced into potentially tapering some of their debt purchases? Yeah. So I think it's becoming obvious that they have distorted certain markets. Uh, they've distorted the inflation implied inflation markets via the purchasing of tips. They have them and the Treasury have distorted the short end like Treasury bills, the overnight borrowing rates. We see that where every day there's half a trillion money being lent to the Fed because they need collateral. There's just not enough anymore. So there's all kinds of distortions that are going on. Uh, mortgages is another great one, right? The mortgage rates were low to begin with, but the Fed is buying 40 billion worth of mortgages a month. So they're only making it lower, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, they're encouraging people. They're making it easier for people to buy houses, driving up home prices. And a lot of that, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but a lot of what we're hearing is that companies are buying whole whole tracks of housing. Right. That you know, a company will buy will build a hundred houses, and a, another company will come in and buy them. Right. To rent them and ultimately sell them. So so that's driving up prices because those companies can borrow money dirt cheap cheaper than citizens can borrow money. Mm -hmm. 
So they've they, all kinds of distortions. And we talked about that earlier, too. Right. So the Fed has to back out of what they're doing. And, and by, we, we saw, yeah, we saw by the, the way, beginnings it, of it. Right. And by the way, just just for context, we saw the exact same thing happening in 2007 and early 2008. BlackRock was buying all kinds of houses to turn them into rentals because of what was going on with, uh, you know, uh, with the housing market. Um, and even through the the financial crisis itself, but you know this isn't the first time that we've seen you know institutions getting involved in buying you know real estate assets for you know turning them into rentals or for price appreciation, et cetera. So this is not new. It's just the kind of a phase of the late stage cycle. Right. Right. Exactly. So so the Fed has to right. The Fed is still they're putting out a fire with all these fire hoses all over the place, and the fires you know it's just smoldering now. Mm-hmm. We don't need to throw all this water on the fire. So about a week or two ago, the Fed said that they were going to wind down their corporate bond uh, purchases. They only bought, what, 12, 13 billion or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they started selling those last week and they're going to wind that down. And and look, it's not a lot. It was more the threat of buying Mm -hmm. than the actual purchases. Right. But that that's being wound down as we speak. So that's kind of the first step that they took. Right. They also actually wound down some programs where they were lending money to various entities that that's coming to an end. Right. So the next big the big thing for the markets is when are they going to end QE? When are they going to raise rates? And they'll probably end QE before they start raising rates. And they don't just end QE. They're not going to say next month. We're just not going to do anything. We're going to sit on our hands. They're going to say we're going to instead of buying 120 billion a month, we're going to buy 110 billion, 105 billion, 100. Month after that, we'll buy 90, and by the end of the year, we'll get down to 50. So, mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But I think <clears throat> I've come to this conclusion over the last couple of weeks that they're actually going to start the process next Wednesday. Next Tuesday, Wednesday is when the Fed meets, and they'll come out with their new monetary policy statement. It'll look pretty similar, but they've been coming under incre- increasing pressure about about the housing market. The housing market's on fire, mm-hmm. and they are to blame for it directly. <laughs> they are buying mortgages. They are lowering mortgage rates, right? Right? You know, their effect on stocks we can debate about all day. We can have that conversation. There's no debate about what they're doing to the mortgage market. So I think what's going to happen next Wednesday, and if it doesn't happen next Wednesday, it's certainly six weeks after that at the next meeting or at Jackson Hole. <clears throat> what's going to happen, I think, is that they're going to say, so right now they're buying $80 billion of uh, U.S. Treasuries and $40 billion mortgages. I think they're going to say, we're going to reduce our mortgages to $30 billion, $25 billion mm-hmm. a month. And the question becomes, if they reduce that, they're reducing QE. They're tapering QE. That's a big deal because every time Powell's been asked, he answers the same way. We're not even thinking about thinking about tapering. For him to taper would be a huge confidence issue for the Fed. It basically says we lie through our teeth, don't trust us. <laughs> and, and right, the markets are based, are built, these valuations are built on trust and confidence in the Fed. So they're not going to do that. They're not going to say we're reducing our mortgages and we're only going to do $110 billion a month. Mm-hmm they'll likely add it to treasuries, right? So they'll say, we're gonna reduce mortgages by 10 and we're gonna buy 10 more treasuries. Well, now you got another problem. 
there's a, a shortage of Treasury securities, especially in the very front end because of what we've talked about in the past with the Treasury. Mm -hmm. The Treasury is not issuing nearly enough short-term bills. There's a ton of savings accounts, corporates, corporations, and, and just citizens that are sitting in money markets. So these banks don't want any more cash. Mm -hmm. um, so they don't want the Fed to take away any more securities out of the front end. So that means the Fed would have to take that 10 additional 10 billion in this case and buy five year seven year 10 year debt right and look and, that, and that's and that's you, you hit on a point here that a lot of people understand is that if i've got cash sitting in my bank account so you know we, we have banks that run on fractional reserve banking right and what that means is is that i only have to have a fraction of whatever i'm loaning out actually in the bank so if you have a million dollars of cash sitting in your bank account you don't have a million dollars you can't if you walk down to the bank say hey, give me a million dollars they don't have a million dollars just, you know, your particular million dollars sitting in a vault somewhere they're going to give you. They've got to have access. They, they've loaned that money out. That money's gone. It's it's being used for other stuff. There's a fraction of that money, you know, in the bank on their balance sheet. But a large chunk of it's been loaned out and it's backed by treasury securities. So they're buying short term bills. They're buying 10 year treasuries and they can't sell those off to the Fed unless they want to increase their reserve balances, right? And which isn't right. necessarily beneficial for them. So there, this this issue of this supply and demand imbalance between what the Fed is buying and what the Treasury is issuing becomes problematic if, if the Federal Reserve can't get to the amount of Treasuries they need to buy. And this is one of the risks that they're potentially running down the road is just a lack of supply of Treasuries for them to get a hold of. Right. And it sounds crazy, right? There's not enough treasury bonds to go around. They just issued five, five trillion in the last like uh, 16, 15 months. Right. And treasury but bonds. But the Fed has <laughs> almost all. all of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's just natural buyers of it, too. Right. Right. So the, the, these are the distortions. The Fed has warped these markets so much that the Fed now can't even go in and operate the way they're used to operating. And they're going to force these distortions are forcing the Fed to do some things that they may not want to do, mm -hmm. but they have to do. And they may not be what's best for policy, in their opinions, but they're going to have to do it. Right. Well, when we come back from the break here, too, you know, I want to flip this around just a little bit and talk about, you know, this this, you know, look, there's been plenty of trial balloons kind of floated across the markets over the last couple of weeks. We've heard quite a few Fed members, um, you know, talking about having the need to maybe have to start working on the balance sheet and tapering a little bit, um, slowing purchases. We've had a lot of Fed members come out and kind of start laying those trial balloons for the markets. And, you know, and, and this is one of the, the ways that the Fed works by forward communication. So, yes, the Jerome Powell hasn't said anything, and he's the hammer. But there's been a lot of forward communication kind of coming out to the markets, kind of prepping the markets, to your point, about potentially tapering. So when we come back, we'll talk about the impact on the financial markets during periods where the Fed tapers. And we'll talk about what the risks to investors are as well. Don't go away. Come back right here on realinvestmentadvice.com. Get by our website, realinvestmentadvice.com. Latest articles are coming out, of course, on our website. Just click on the newsletter link if you want our newsletter. This weekend, we'll deliver it to you via email. Just click on the newsletter link. And of course, you can watch all of our shows, videos, three minutes of markets, money, etc. simply by clicking our YouTube link. Subscribe there as well. We're going to get you all connected. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Be right back. Yeah.
listening to The Real Investment Show. You could be one of the 7 in 10 people requiring long-term care in your lifetime. Are you prepared for nursing home care costs averaging more than $7,600 a month? Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff for the basics of long-term care. Long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term care. June 24th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com.